morning. Oh, it's so good to be up here. Kevin was saying like a horse and I was, is that obvious? I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I've been waiting for this day for uh, quite a while. Uh, So I'll start by saying good morning and I'll start also by saying thank you. Thank you all for allowing me space and time to get to know you. Um, So now, whenever you don't like something I have to say, you can think, oh, well, at least I've met him, and he seems nice. (laughs) It's a good idea. Uh, Thank you for praying for me and for my family. I I felt it. Thanks for, for praying for this whole process before you even knew us and for expecting that God was going to answer your prayers because he has answered ours. And it was fun last week, by the way. Thanks for letting me spend some time with your kids. Um, It was so much fun being in the hill country with all of you. I mean, you guys are hilarious. Y'all are really fun. And and you have blessed us and you have blessed this church family. And I wanted to say this right now. So y'all look at me real quick. Um, If you ever wonder if God could ever use somebody like me, I'm just going to encourage you right now. He's already doing it. This past weekend was great to hear your voices and to hear them singing in the small chapel and Mo Ranch was just was great. And if you haven't had a chance to be a sponsor to one of these things, go. If you're, you know, old, that's okay. They're cool. They'll, they'll bring you right along. You don't have to do the slide. Um, to hear you singing, to hear you share your heart with what God's done for you, you're, you're blessing me. So God's using you right now, and it's only the beginning. So that's awesome. So thank you for letting me spend time with, with the kids. You're really not that kitty, are you? You're kind of students. What, am I supposed to say students or kids? Students, okay, students, there you go. I'm also thankful for the opportunity to be able to serve alongside of you in this place. This is our new home. You know, I grew up visiting San Angelo quite often. Uh, we, we had lots of family here, uh, several of my family here. My father and mother are here today. My, my cousins are in the back. It's great to see them. And, uh, but we'd mainly come to see my grandparents. We called them Mama and Papa. You can see, see their picture. Bill and Tressie Allen. Uh, they have a great story. They were born in Arkansas, and I may get this wrong. Um, one county apart on the same day the doctor was delivering one of them and couldn't get to the other one because of the snowstorm they met when they were 15 married when they were 17 and they fulfilled their covenant and vows to one another for the next 80 years she passed away at 97 right here in san angelo and and i remember that scene he leaned over her coffin they helped him up out of his wheelchair and he says honey if i get a cold i'm not even going to fight it i'm going to see you soon isn't that beautiful? And he died five years later at 102 years old. And St. Angelo has had this special place in our heart. And now we get to call it home. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. There were a few moments, by the way, in their relationship when it could have all come crashing down. But their covenant to God and to one another was strong. Their love had served as an example for me. And to my parents, who are y'all 55 plus years now. Shelly's parents are 60 plus years married. The example of covenant has a lasting legacy when people choose 
to give their life away. When we began this process, my main prayer was clarity. I wanted God to make it clear, and he has made this very clear. He wanted us to be here. Elders, wives, thank you so much. You guys are wonderful, and you have made us feel so welcome. Staff, you've welcomed us, you've encouraged us, you've inspired us. Uh, When I first had our conversation with Beverly and the search team, I just felt peaceful and restful. And then we had our first dinner with the search team and Dot Herod pulled me aside and she says, you know we're already acting as if you're our minister. I've learned with some people here, you just say yes ma'am. <laughs> Is that about right? Between her and Beverly, I don't think we had a shot, right, of saying no. But as we begin, I'm, I've had this on my heart and I wanted to begin today with talking through a text in Ezra. I don't know how many of you have ever had a sermon in Ezra, but we're going to preach from Ezra today. So what I would like to do is, as a congregation, as one man, as one woman, as one family, let's stand together and let's begin our time, this new chapter, in prayer, in unity, in purpose. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we come today and we are thankful. We have seen your Spirit move in this place. Lord, you are, you are good. You are here. We know it. Lord, we ask that you would open our eyes, open our hearts, and our ears this morning. Help us not to be hardened from the things that have happened this week, from where life has taken us. Lord, if we've made mistakes, Lord, help, help us to give those to you right now. Lord, if, if we don't think that we are anywhere near perfect, If we are anywhere near being able to be saved, Lord, help us to give that to you right now. We ask this morning that you would would speak through me, a broken vessel, that you would find a way to reach the hearts of all who are here today, and that this word would not just stay in our hearts and minds and in this room, but that it would go out from this place into our communities and families and into our world so that things will be different so we love you and we offer this to you and as one we declare Lord boldly that you are our God and we are your people in Jesus name amen please have a seat all right turn in your Bibles turn your Bibles on however you do that Um, Ezra chapter 3 okay so it's in the Old Testament right between Um, 2 Chronicles and Nehemiah. So today, what I'd like to do is begin a five-week series on expectation. The holidays are coming, and I know we're all living in this expectation, right? What does it mean to live in expectation? You've been in a state of expectation for quite a while now. I know you have. It's been a long journey. I know it has. But I've I've been inspired with how you have listened to the Holy Spirit. I see in your faces. I hear it in your conversation. Now, the Israelites were on a very spiritual journey as well in Ezra chapter 3. Now, well before this book begins, we know that, that Israel had been taken into captivity where they would live for decades. Some would say in despair and exile. I would say that they also lived in hope and expectation that God was going to free them and restore them to their homeland. So when the appointed time came, Cyrus the Great, 
this king who somehow found these Jewish folks to be lovable, <laughs> he decided, I'm going to let these folks return. Let's, let's give them what they need so that they can go home. Their main job was to rebuild the temple. That's what they wanted. So they did so in expectation. So imagine, after 70 years of the excitement, the dreaming, the years of prayer, and some of these people had only known of Jerusalem through stories. They'd never seen it. They didn't have pictures. They didn't have Snapchat. They had stories. And those stories were shaped by the hope and expectation of their parents and grandparents. So imagine their excitement as they, as they move home. Okay, Ezra chapter 3, we'll begin reading in verse 1, that first verse from the NIV. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, the people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Now I love this picture because settling into your home and towns, that's secondary to what's, what's going on here. Yeah, 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 go to your home, get settled in, but come to church. 50,000 people gathering together in this holy city to begin again. To renew a covenant with God. I mean, that's what we do here every Sunday, isn't it? We don't come here to check a box or punch a ticket or make sure we're good to the next week. We come here to renew our covenant with God, don't we? To recommit for some of us, we come here to commit our life to God. We remember what he has done for us through his son, Jesus. And we come to consider our life, to commit our way to him, to one another. They did that then. We do that even still today. So let's continue. Verse 3. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and the evening sacrifices. Then in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices and sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Now, we probably don't know a whole lot about all of the different sacrifices because, you know, that's really not our way. It's not our practice. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Keep in mind, they're still in hostile territory. Now, you, sure, you've got the king who's you know, sending guards probably with you, but, but there's still a lot of people in the area who don't really like them. And so they're in the middle of hostile territory. Home wasn't safe. It was still dangerous and broken. But did these people cower in fear? No. They declared boldly not just with words, but they did it with something that's, that it says right here, a festival. Now, in brief, all of these festivals here that they're talking about uh, are parties. You know, the Feast of Tabernacles, is, I think, is a week long, and it is huge party. The free will offering, you bring the, best, the uh, biggest and best that you have, the biggest bull, and you sacrifice it. You, can't, you have to eat it all in one day. I mean, we're talking, you know, New Year's Eve, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Memorial Day, Labor Day, July 4th, all rolled into one. 
So imagine these people, they, they didn't have the opportunity to sacrifice for years and years and years. So they did it all in one to two weeks. We were talking, they celebrated, party. Imagine Thanksgiving for days, not just one leftover after another, but a brand new meal each and every day. They weren't somber whenever they renewed their covenant with God. They were expressing joy and thankfulness and gratitude. And they spared no expense. Because God had answered their prayer. And so they celebrated. Now the celebration to God actually, um, it renewed their mission, their vision to rebuild this temple to continue a legacy that God had had um, left for them to fulfill. Well, what was their mission? It was to be a city on a hill. It was to be the people of God, to be a light that could not be hidden, to be hope for the world. And their mission was more clear now than ever. So what did they do? They had festivals, they had food, they encouraged, they sang, they shout, and then they got to work. Let's continue, verses uh, 11, 10. Uh, When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good, His love to Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They shout, they praise, and it's only the foundation. It's just the beginning, such promise, such expectation. No, he mentions a few people. He mentions the priests. Now, the priests are these people who are, you know, people who kept this faith alive while they were still in captivity. I mean, 70 years. Imagine keeping this this hope, this dream, this word alive to people who thought, oh, God's forgotten us by now. They kept it alive in all those years of captivity. They never lost sight of the worship of God. God raised these priests to be prophetic, to keep those prophetic words in front of their people. Do you remember those words? Um, They're all over the Old Testament. But in Jeremiah 29, we say this a lot, but there's a verse right before it we typically don't say. This is what it says. Jeremiah 29, starting in verse 10. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely, we all know this one, I know the plans that I have for you, plans not to harm you, to give you a future with hope. And then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. I love this. When you seek me with all of your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. The priests, the prophets, they kept this passage in their heart for 70 years. How are we at living in holy expectation? Sometimes I can't even go 70 minutes. Sometimes I can't even go 70 seconds. 
70 years they lived in hope and expectations. How are we at keeping the words of Jesus on our hearts, even in the midst of despair? How are we at keeping the, the promises of God when our future is uncertain? Could we live expecting God to give us a future and a hope, even if it takes us 70 years? That's determination and faith. Now, he mentions Asaph, Asaph, a songwriter in Psalms. He mentions him. Songwriters, people who help shape the way we express worship to God. That's why I appreciate, Jake, you singing that as Love Endures Forever song. It fits so perfectly here. Because when we sing, it matters. Music, it holds expectation, doesn't it? They mentioned the Levites. You know, these Levites, they're the tribe of, of workers. They were priestly workers who, whose job, they were just to attend to the daily tasks of God. He mentions David, a man after God's own heart. A king whose life was laid bare for all to see, both good and bad. From whose line will come the Savior of the world. These were the people who, who led those nation in captivity to expect God to keep his promise. And so here they are, the very beginning of Ezra, they're gathering the people together to remind them where they came from, their history, their capacity for good and evil. And as one, they realized that the stories were true. Even through captivity, God was paying attention. Even in the worst of it, God was paying attention to them. And while some had stopped believing, had thought God had abandoned them, some others lived in holy expectation. And when the day finally came for them to express their gratitude, to choose God and recommit their way to Him, they did so as one man, as one person, by laying the foundation of the temple of God that would serve generations to come. Now, their covenant to God is just a small reflection of God's covenant to us. You know, Ephesians 1-2 says that God chose us before the creation of the world, before the very foundation of the world were laid. He chose us in Christ before anything. God made his covenant with Abraham, and through him he has blessed everyone, and he has brought us his very own son, Jesus Christ. And through Jesus Christ, this promise of God is eternal. And it is for all of us who believe. So the choice to enter into this covenant with God, it is the beginning of life. Don't you think? I think the choice of covenant creates a legacy of life that will be available for all who follow. I mean, God chose to love us before the foundation of the world. And that covenant gave us life. Can we choose life also? He gave us a promise. When we believe in his son, when we choose to give our life away, when we choose to have faith in the God of the universe through Jesus Christ, we will have an eternal future and a hope. Do you expect that that's true? Committing to God is the beginning of life. So imagine when these people together as one 
committed their way to God. Imagine the life that emerged in that moment. I believe it very strongly. My grandparents, I'm here because of them, right? And I believe that the things that I have chosen to do with my life are somewhat directly resulted from their covenant to one another. So imagine if covenant is the beginning of life, choosing to commit our way to God is the beginning of life, what kind of legacy would that leave for you and your family? For those who come after. We are here today because of the choices of a generation of Johnson Street members. Those way back in the 1800s who decided, yes, right here, this is the place. In the good and the bad, they continued their faith, their work in this place. And we are directly a result of that. So what could come from our commitment here and now to those people a hundred years from now? What life could we share with a people yet unborn through committing ourselves to God? To live in expectation is to believe that God is going to keep his promise. Could you choose that today? Maybe you're a little shaky. That's okay. That's why we're all here together because some of us are firm. So latch on to those people. Those who are firm, find those shaky ones. Bring them along because we are in this together as one, one family the body of Christ in San Angelo. Could you choose life? And are you ready for life to begin? I don't know what your expectations are for this place or for me or for your leaders. I know someone said, oh, it's nice to finally meet you. Where's your cape? Like the same place as my halo. I don't know. Maybe they left it in the move. I know you have expectations, but I hope together we can expect more from God. Because God is ready. He's ready to give. God will keep his promises even when we don't keep ours. And today, as the next foundation is laid for the next chapter of Johnson Street, for the people in this place, I want to do so and commit our way to God as one. So as let's stand together before we sing. And as one, let's commit our way and our life to God. After we sing here in a moment, we're going to seal these promises with communion together. Let's pray as we continue. Our Heavenly Father, you are good. Lord, I know that commitment is difficult. I know that sometimes we can't, seems like we can't keep promises to one another, much less you. So Lord, I pray right now that you would give us strength, courage, and boldness as we move forward from here. God, I pray that our expectations of you, Lord, begin something holy and spirit-filled in our life. Help us to be a hopeful people. People who have praise on our lips and gratitude in our hearts. Lord, you have answered our prayers. You have given us a way forward. And Lord, we are yours. 
Lord, hear our song now. See our act of communion in a few moments. Lord, we know that we are not perfect. But Lord, we know that your power is made perfect in our weakness and we are thankful. We are yours. Hear our hearts and our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.